This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a strange and unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.com. Thank you. Welcome again, dear listeners, to another thrilling tale here on Friend of the Family. When we last left you, Alice had a rather memorable encounter with a unicorn. (laughs) But we begin this story with Alice's great-grandmother, Marjorie Belford, and her great-uncle Lawrence, discussing the hunter's change in demeanor. Lawrence, dear, how does Alice seem to be doing? Terrifically. On her last couple of missions, her costs were down 35% partially due to her resolving encounters in about 75% of the time. That's nice, dear, but I was actually talking about her emotional state. Oh, well, I'm afraid she's been a bit down about that. But I'm sure she'll recover soon. The young tend to do as much. That's true, but no one can nurse a hurt quite like a teenager. Normally for such things, I'd recommend a trip to Asmodeus's bedchamber to take her mind off things, but... They don't seem to get along. Perhaps they haven't built up enough dramatic tension. It's a shame he's so good in bed. There's one thing that he used... Could we discuss something else, Mother? Preferably anything else? Oh, don't be such a prude, darling. What have her assignments been like lately? Do they not take her mind off things at all? Just the odd ghost or two, and there was a gremlin infestation in the theater last week, but for the most part, there have not been any major events. Well, there is one thing, but I'm still looking into it. I haven't determined what sort of creature may be responsible for the attacks yet. Do go ahead and let Alice check it out. A little detective work may help clear her head. But proper research is what keeps us from sending the hunter on wild goose chases as we did in the past. But there have been almost a dozen. I'd say that's pretty definitely something going on. All right, I suppose I'll send Alice on her way. We once more join Alice and Asmodeus on their way to hunt some sort of supernatural evil, though tonight they are not quite sure what they are up against. Yet. As Alice drives to the charming, cozy, and above all budget-conscious bed and breakfast that Lawrence has booked for them, they review what little information they have. What do we know about this thing again? Also, why do we not have a proper hotel? We don't have a hotel because of what you did in the last one. The only thing we know for sure is that there's been a drop in the local homeless population. I did a little checking and I found that a local shelter was just closed when the authorities found human remains in the food. Well, that puts forth one interesting theory as to what is occurring. You have to admire the efficiency of it. You're terrible as usual. Your insults lately have seemed to lack their usual attempts at wit. Not that you are ever a pleasure to be around, but your sad sack behavior is getting even more grating than your typical attitude. What is your panties in a twist anyway? You know damn well. The head thing was crossing the line even for you. (laughs) Even for me. For God's sake, you are still upset about that? That was weeks ago. You just fucking wait until I find something you love. Please, there is only one thing I love, and you cannot be the hunter if you kill me. Anyway, on to better conversation topics. What do you think it is, another necromancer? Um, unlikely. I do not see why any necromancer would waste perfectly good body parts. Well, 
what if what showed up in the food was part of the reject pile? It's easier to reanimate with pre-rotted body. What would possibly make the reject pile? Fine. What do you think it is? I hope that it's a Rakshasa. The last time I fed off one of those, I hallucinated for a week. That seems pretty unlikely in Minnesota. If it's not a necromancer, then I think it's a Wendigo. Those traditionally eat people, not serve them? Unless it was trying to multiply, forced cannibalism is one of the steps in its reproduction. It can't be a Wendigo. Why the hell not? First of all, you came up with the idea. Second, mystical vampire powers. Also, a Rakshasa would be neat. You're so fucking full of it. Thank God we're finally here. Alice parked the car outside of the tiny bed and breakfast. The exterior gave Alice a sinking feeling, as there seemed to be very few rooms available. As she walked in the front door, another patron who was standing at the front desk caught her eye. It was a woman, with long black hair hanging down to her waist and dressed to the nines in an expertly tailored business suit. A vision of style, poise, and grace, she was actually rather out of place in these economical, if clean, quarters. You're sure you don't have any sweets available? Sorry, ma'am. We don't really do sweets here. There is a hotel up the road about a mile. <sighs> I've just come from there. Seems they've shut down the hotel restaurant due to contamination issues. So this will just have to do. By the way, would you allow guests to use the kitchen? Not traditionally, but I can check with the owner. Please do. Excuse me. The woman turned and walked briskly away from the desk, running right into Asmodeus and dropping her keys. As she and Asmodeus stooped to pick up the keys in unison, their fingers brushed slightly, and she flashed her friendliest smile. Given the vampire's predilection towards attractive women, this will no doubt lead to debauchery later. Hush, you were just bitter. I beg your pardon? Not at all, please, uh, please allow me. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry for bumping into you like that. It was entirely my fault. Are you alright? I'm fine. Thank you. His hands moving faster than the untrained eye could perceive, Asmodeus pulled a card from the woman's small purse. He stepped just out of her way, forcing her to brush against him slightly as she left. She paused momentarily to give him a sideways glance as she passed. It's been a pleasure. It certainly has. As she moved out of the building, Asmodeus, classy as ever, watched the sway of her hips. Alice rolled her eyes, having been around Asmodeus long enough to know she didn't want to be around Asmodeus. She approached the clerk at the front desk. Uh, hello, I'm here to check into my room. I believe my Uncle Lawrence has it reserved under Alice Belford. Uh, yes, I see the reservation. Alice Belford and guest, one room, twin beds, correct? Yeah, I was afraid he booked a single. Um, any chance you have another room available, too? No, terribly sorry. Miss Fell over there took the last one. It's all right. It's not your fault. Uh, do you happen to know if the Heaven's Help Food Shelter is nearby? It's not far from here, across the way from the hotel, but they've shut it down due to complaints of gross food and contamination issues. I know. I, I just need to check it out. Why on earth would you need to check it out? I'm checking it out for the FDA. I don't think that's their jurisdiction. Also, what are you, like 16? No. W would you believe I'm a, a health inspector? Not in the least. School report on food safety? Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. 
Here's your room keys. Have a pleasant stay. While Alice got the room keys, Asmodeus had other plans. Three, two, one. Asmodeus left the building and ran after the woman, holding her driver's license out in front of him. Excuse me, Annabelle? She whirled around, and a smile quickly formed as Asmodeus approached. Oh, my ID. It must have fallen out of your purse. Thank you. Call me Asmodeus. I know, it's such a weird name. I'm Anna. Annabelle, I know. Yes, Annabelle Phil. A pleasure to meet you. Oh, believe me, the pleasure is all mine. I- Asmodeus! I command you to come to the room, you can flirt later. I'm indisposed at the moment, but I do hope that we will run into each other later. Kissing her hand for effect, Asmodeus returned to Alice's side as they headed to their room. You need me for something right this second? Uncle Lawrence got us a single room again. Cheap old man. Don't talk about my Uncle Lawrence like that. Alice and Asmodeus made their way to the room. Asmodeus pouty due to being cock-blocked, and Alice just in her typical dour mood when she was forced to be around Asmodeus. Once she reached the room, she opened the door and with great reluctance invited the vampire in. Must you suck joy from every possible moment? I don't know. Must you hit on any female that's breathing? Boring present company. Anyway, I think we have a solid lead from the manager. In addition to the food contamination at the shelter, the hotel up the road has had some issues too. I think they're related. And I overheard that woman. Annabelle. Whatever. She said that they had had to shut down their kitchen. I looked it up, and they're right across the street from each other, so it's got to be connected. We should go check it out. But it's almost noon when the sun is at its brightest. So? It's not like it'll kill you. I don't have an umbrella. I will do nothing but scream about how much it burns. That might cheer me up, actually. Spare me, and and I will leave Mina alone for a week. Fine. Don't make a mess or break anything. Or I swear, Uncle Lawrence will force us to start sleeping in the van. After Alice departed, there was a knock on the door. Asmodeus went to answer, and there found Annabelle, leaning suggestively against the doorframe. Hello, Asmodeus. Annabelle. I was wondering if you'd like to come to my room for dinner tonight. I would be delighted. You're sure you're... Business associate, nothing more. She wouldn't mind. I would not care if she did. She's more of a subordinate, really. A loathsome, vile co-worker who I am forced to put up with. Oh, good. I was afraid there was something between you two. Just shared animosity. What time is dinner? Let's say eight. How shall we pass the time? You'll have to let me cook first. I have every intention. I bet. My room, end of the hall, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock it is then. Ciao. Meanwhile, as Asmodeus began to prep for that evening's dinner, Alice went down to investigate both the shelter and the nearby hotel. Her results at the shelter were a little less than fruitful, as the place was completely boarded up. Normally, she would attempt to break in to see what clues she could find, but there were too many people around. She hoped that she would have somewhat better luck at the hotel. Spotting a helpful-looking concierge, she walked up to the front desk. Yes, miss? How may I help you? Uh, I had some, some questions about the hotel. Oh, I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. 
We are one of the finest establishments in the city, and all our rooms have complimentary satellite stations, guest safe, and minibar. Some of our select rooms also have espresso makers. We also have a heated pool, jacuzzi, and guest exercise room. Oh, and complimentary Wi-Fi. Uh, what, what about dining? Oh, I'm afraid our hotel restaurant is closed at the moment, but we have many nearby dining establishments. What happened? <laughs> oh, just renovations. Yes, renovations. Nothing to worry about. Oh, it, it wouldn't have anything to do with a large, indescribable beast in the area, would it? What? No. No strange and unusual goings-on? Missing employees? Maybe something weird in the kitchen? I can't help but feel you aren't actually interested in the accommodations here. I think you should leave. Alice was escorted out of the hotel with the help of a couple of security guards and tossed into the pavement, not that far off from a nearby homeless person. Hey, miss. Got any spare change? Uh, no, sorry. It's okay. Seems like nobody carries change anymore. Hey, I've seen you before. Trying to get into the shelter? Getting kicked out of the hotel? Shit, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were one of us. Uh, I'm not. It's all right, kid. Must be pretty new to you since the clothes still look good. But you gotta be careful. This neighborhood ain't safe no more. No? Do you know anything about what happened at the shelter? Only that the food went way, way downhill. But my friend Sam Gorey and I used to go every night, but now I ain't seen him in days. I know he didn't get taken in by family because he didn't have any. I doubt the poor crazy bastard got a job. We've been disappearing right and left, but nobody but us street folk give a damn. I'm sorry. I lost someone close to me recently, too. It's just life, kid. But you gotta watch yourself. A whole lot of bad things can happen to a young girl out here. Thanks. But I, I'm really not homeless. I'm, I'm just from out of town. You know, I, I think I, I found $20 I don't need. Why don't you have it? Well, bless you, sweetheart. Alice made her way back to the bed and breakfast, aggravated that she had been so unsuccessful in gathering information. She reflected on the fact that this was another aspect of the job that she seemed to be struggling with. When she entered the building, she went directly to her room, unlocked the door, and slammed it shut behind her. Well, that was kind of a bust. I can't find anything suggesting a Wendigo. They can't appear human, so if one was around, somebody would have seen a creature or mistaken it for a dog or something. Told you it was not a Wendigo. What about a Rakshasa? They shapeshift. It's not like a Rakshasa to attack randomly. They would have gone for sinners or the unfaithful or something, not random hobos. No matter what your stupid vampire senses say. Yeah, it was just a guess. Anyway, we're going back tonight after sunset when there are less people around so we can check the dumpsters for clues. Ooh, as much fun as it sounds to go dumpster diving with you, I have a date. A date? We're on a mission! Precisely. It's with the woman down the hall. You were suspicious of her, so think of it as reconnaissance. We will be having dinner at eight. Dinner? You can't eat regular food. I most certainly can. I will have to expel it orally a few hours later, but it is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Wow. Eating food to bang a chick. Your dedication to the mission knows no bounds. But you know what? Fine. I'd rather investigate dumpsters than deal with you here. I wouldn't want you hanging around trying to listen in anyway. Shut up, or I'm going to expel things orally. 
Oh, you are becoming feisty again. On second thought, it's more annoying than the sad sack. Let us skip ahead to eight in the evening, dear listeners. While Alice is knee-deep in restaurant waste in the dumpsters behind the hotel, we find Asmodeus about to knock on Annabelle Fell's door. And if this heads the way I think it will, we may pursue the less grotesque option and follow Alice. Your jealousy is apparent, little man. I wonder if you and Alice do not have more in common than I previously expected. The door opened, revealing that Annabelle had changed out of her business suit and into something a little... slinkier. Her mid-thigh gown hugged her in all the right places. Lord knows I wouldn't be here if she couldn't wear a dress like that. I'm sorry? Lord knows I wouldn't be here if you couldn't wear a dress like that. Flatterer. And a great many other things as well. Your timing is impeccable. Please come in. I've just retrieved dinner from the kitchen. Oh, I did not know they served dinner here. They don't. But I persuaded the clerk to let me use the kitchen. I can be very persuasive. Oh, I'm sure you can. Annabelle went to the table in her room, laden with covered dishes. Asmodeus followed as she went and lit two candles and matching silver candlesticks. Asmodeus sat down, somewhat eager for the meal. It was rare that he deigned to feed on normal foodstuffs, but one look at Annabelle's dress said tonight may be worth the unpleasant after effects. As she sensuously lifted the lids to the trays... That's odd, I think I smell... Asmodeus quickly felt his excitement disappear. The smell, which had previously been held back, now overwhelmed his nostrils. My god. What is it? I've never seen such an... an array before. Why, thank you. I made everything from scratch. Tonight we will be having a rump roast in a port and mayonnaise gravy with fingerling potatoes in a cinnamon vinegar sauce. My own recipe. Oh, that's disgusting. You don't say. I've been looking forward to this all day. You have no idea how much I enjoy watching other people eat my cooking. That must be a rare pleasure. You know, come to think of it, I will not be eating any of this. What? What do you mean? Give it a try. I just know you'll love it. I highly doubt that. You are very attractive, but not near enough so for me to attempt to choke that down. (gasps) And with that, Asmodeus began to go for the door. It seems that sex is now off the menu. Oh, must you pun? Pun? What pun? And where are you going? The least you can do is try dessert. Well, if you mean... Annabelle retrieved a tray from the table. It appeared to be some sort of mousse, but with a patchy brownish-red color. To be honest, listeners, I'm not sure what it is, or if it even technically counts as food. Oh, you mean you're cooking? Good heavens, no! I may have actually preferred to have gone dumpster diving. Well, if you can't stay for dinner tonight, then I'll just have to have you for dinner tomorrow. Terribly sorry, my dear, but no. I don't mind the ingredients. It's the execution that's revolting. It's poor manners to refuse a lady's invitation, Asmodeus. So I'm afraid I'll have to insist. While Asmodeus was distracted with insults and mild nausea, Annabelle buries a knife deep into Asmodeus' stomach. The vampire looks at her, completely unharmed. He raises an eyebrow and cocks his head, questioningly. Well, this is awkward. That doesn't usually happen to me. Were you intending to kill me and then eat me? A little, yes. Is that a problem? Honestly, I find you a little more attractive now. 
I have always appreciated a killer instinct. Thank you. And if I may ask, that blow didn't seem to kill you. Why is that? Well, I am technically dead already. I am vampire. Take a breath. I know it can be a lot to take in. No, no. That makes sense. And honestly, I find you a little more attractive. Oh, and that must be why you didn't care for my cooking. You can't eat human food. Sure, but the main reason is impatience. You in that dress is just a bit too much for me. I am a devotee of indulgence, and I don't see how I can be expected to concentrate on much of anything else. Now, I appreciate the time and the effort you took. Your hair, your makeup, all the careful and practiced attention to detail, all to create an already desirable woman into the temptress before me. I'm flattered, awed by the achievement that is you here before me. How can you expect me to wait a moment more before I? Asmodeus, um, leaned close to the very still Annabelle and whispered something very forward into her ear. Do you bite? Absolutely, among a great many other little delights. And with that, Asmodeus whisked Annabelle off of her feet and carried her to the bed. As he picked her up, she dislodged the knife from his belly and tossed it over her shoulder. It sank with a sickening sound into the remains of the meal, and before I become completely nauseated, l let us cut to a few hours later when Alice has returned from the dumpster. Covered in various remains, she encounters Asmodeus on the bed. I didn't expect to see you here. I guess dinner didn't go well. Not the dinner part, no. I have not encountered a worse cook in 400 years. So we opted to skip dinner. Well, she did. I am rather satiated in all respects. She let me feed a little. Don't worry, just a juice box for a job well done. Thanks for sharing. Doing some actual work at the hotel, I found dog tags that belonged to Sam Gorey, a homeless man who frequented the shelter. That's a solid link. There's security cameras in both alleyways around the buildings. I snuck in and watched some of the tapes, and I got lucky. I found someone dragging a large black garbage bag from the shelter to the hotel three nights ago. Dear listeners, at this point, I would like to formally apologize for not following Alice's activities, rather than his. I'm not so certain that we're dealing- You're wasting so much time. Come off it, it's not like you've done anything productive today. On the contrary. Productive to the mission! As I was saying, it would appear that Annabelle has a rather unusual hobby. Seems she likes to chop people into itty-bitty bits and cook them. Not well, mind you, but cooks them nonetheless. What? So, so she's possessed by a cannibalistic spirit? No, I believe she's a regular human. If she were possessed, she would be able to hear the big, fat, stupid head. That was childish and uncalled for. Azzy. The who? Precisely. Anyway, no worries. Mystery solved. So you did kill her? No. Why would I? She's human. Hasn't stopped you before. Don't shrug at me! If the reports are correct, then she's responsible for at least a dozen murders. What do you care? It's not like you knew them. People die all the time. But she has to be stopped! If I don't stop her, then she'll just kill more people. I've got to put an end to her. Ah, ah, ah. That would be against the rules, remember? Three weeks ago, you wouldn't let me kill something we should have, and now you want to go kill something that we don't have to. You know, my bad. I forgot what kind of asshole I was talking to. I've got to call Uncle Lawrence. 
The bed and breakfast, as it turned out, had terrible reception, and so she had to find a far corner on the first floor to get enough bars to place a call to her Uncle Lawrence. She quickly informed him of her findings. So it's a human serial killer, are you sure? I'm positive. I've ruled out all supernatural entities and magical possibilities, and Asmodeus confirmed it. So I'm not sure how I'm going to handle it, but I'll take care of it somehow. Goodness, no. It's not our responsibility anymore. Go ahead and check out of the place. I'll see you back at the mansion shortly. What the? That's it? Not our responsibility? But she's killing people. Mundanely. It's not the hunter's purpose to go around capturing common criminals, or God forbid, killing them. Your purpose is to eliminate the supernatural. Once you start targeting ordinary people, you are in danger of playing God. A serial killer is hardly common or ordinary. And you didn't have a problem with me taking out Zalgar. He had become entangled in the dark arts. Alice, we can't keep having this conversation about the duties of the hunter. Please just gather your things and Asmodeus and come home. If it makes you feel better, I'll leave an anonymous tip for the authorities. They should be able to catch her soon. I should have thought of that. But, Uncle Lawrence, she could kill someone in the meantime. Alice, please, I don't want to have to come to you again. We've been doing so well on the budget. Fine, whatever. As she turned to go back upstairs to her room... She saw Annabelle standing beside her. Hello, I'm Annabelle. I don't believe we've been formally introduced. I couldn't help but hear your phone conversation, and- Annabelle pulls out a gun from her purse, pointing it at Alice's midsection a mere foot away. Alice raised her hands to her hips defensively. I just want to let you know that this is nothing personal. I just can't have you interfering with my plans. Now, to show you I'm a good sport, Would you rather be turned into stew or a roast? How about a punch? Oh, I haven't tried beverages before. (laughs) Ah! With Annabelle distracted, Alice moves with lightning agility and punches Annabelle in the face, quickly disarming her opponent at the same time. As opposed to Annabelle, the young hunter is well aware that a gun is a ranged weapon, and so Alice backs away, expertly training Annabelle in her sights. Ow! You little bitch! You should use nicer words. You tried to kill me. No one could get mad at me for killing you in self-defense. I'm unarmed now. That could stay between the two of us? Alice, what did Moneybag say? Are we going home? Because Big Trouble in Little China is coming in 20 minutes and I want to stay and watch. Asmodeus looked at the scene before him. Downstairs, Annabelle was on the floor, nursing her hand, Alice still pointing the gun at her. What's happening? Asmodeus... She's trying to kill me for no reason. (gasps) You vampires have super speed, don't you? Save me, and we can feast on her tonight. Hmm, about that. You won't kill her? I thought you didn't like her. Oh, not a bit. But you see, it's not a matter of will not. It is a matter of cannot. Rules of the company. So you're going to let her kill me? Nothing I can do, unfortunately. If it helps, I can tattle on her. She will get an earful, I assure you. That won't be necessary. I'm not going to kill her. Oh? I'm a better person than that. Just knowing I could if I wanted to is enough. I realize that I've been so upset lately because I couldn't save someone, so the thought of letting this monster go free really pissed me off. But the fact of the matter is, I can stop other monsters from killing other people's loved ones, even if I can't kill her myself. That's what I do as the hunter. Asmodeus, go ahead and tie her up. 
I'll leave the authorities to deal with her. There's still food in her room, right? Almost certainly. Good. We'll use it to implicate her. Lord knows you cannot use it for dining. Everyone's a critic. And so, leaving Annabelle tied up with evidence of her crimes, Asmodeus and Alice head back to the Belford mansion, the latter now having regained some of her spirit. True, her lost loved one died at her own hands and was the cause of a lot of heartache. You are a piss-poor salesman, you know that. But the point is, she's back to her old self and ready to take on whatever the universe may throw at her. And trust me, dear listeners, the universe has quite a lot in store for the young hunter. To find out what, you'll have to tune in for the next thrilling adventure of Friend of the Family! This is Friend of the Family, created by C. Paris and is a strange and unusual production. Please visit our website at strangeandunusual.com. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-N-U-N-U-S-U-A-L.com. Thank you.